0: Hello, hello, and welcome to review two. This time, a review twoing songs of surrender, disc four, Bono.
1: Welcome to another edition of Review 2. I'm your host, Tyler. Here with me as always is Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Hello. We are two bespectacled U2 fans. We love talking about that too. And today we will be discussing the final disc of U2's Songs of Surrender, which is featuring Bono's face. Yes, it's the Bono edition. It is. Thank you, Johnny, for providing this week's reimagining of the Review 2 theme. Absolutely love it. Thank you to
0: everybody else who's sent in a new version as well. Yep, it's a, a boring track done two or three ways now, so uh, I think that's as much juice as you can get out of that particular lemon.
1: Yeah, speaking uh, speaking of lemons and juicing them, don't think there's much preamble to go with this, so I think we've just got to go track by track. We've we've done 30 tracks so far, the first three discs. This is it. This is what it comes down it's to. It's gone by in a breeze, though.
0: 30 tracks. We, we've done this in a very succinct way. Yeah, um, well, we've not rambled on as much as we normally do, and I think it's a similar situation as with the last record. This one, to me, has some real high points, and no real, I'm just looking now, no real catastrophic missteps or anything like that. I mean, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here, but obviously, nothing is terrible that reviews... T- uh, that... Nothing is terrible that reviews you, t- no, Johnny. <laughs> I, I agree. That is definitely not true. Nothing's terrible that the band produces, and I like having stuff from them. I've say, I'll say it again. This is an Edge lockdown project. The Edge went a bit mad. He recorded a massive amount of stuff, got really into the production. Bono's along for the ride. Adam's around sometimes. Larry's not really here to be seen and probably not well enough to do full kit recordings of things. And this has thrown up some very interesting stuff. Some things that um are frustrating though in the way that you think, well, you could have done this or you could have done that. But that's what it's like to be a U2 fan. You're always going to be wanting the B-side that they didn't do. You're always going to be saying, I wish the album was slightly reordered, or why did they leave that off, and why did they put that on? You mm. know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, let's kick it off then, with or without you, from a little-known album from the 80s called The Joshua Tree. At 3 minutes 14, what do we think? First thing I heard was a
1: nice alternative bass line. I don't know if it's new or an abandoned take from, do, 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 from decades do, do. ago. That bit. Uh yeah sure it's hard <laughs> to it's hard yeah the bassline at the start of the song
0: it's right at the start well the thing is U two's with or without you the original recording has quite a simple not bad but simple bassline it's just hitting those um single notes all the way through
1: yeah, Adam wasn't getting paid by the error on that one, was he?
0: <laughs> no, but it's but it works well and it's perfect, you know, and it's one of those four chords that fit together perfectly. And... The simplicity of,
1: of some of the parts of that song are what make it so special. Yeah,
0: it's the restraint and everything. Whereas here it's slightly redone. I believe that Bono has a production credit on this as well. I think this is possibly one of the ones that means a huge amount to Bono. It was one of the ones that he did on his um, solo shows when he was going out doing a similar version to this with his long introductions and his illustrations. So you can tell he's, he's invested in this. And this makes sense, I suppose. I was thinking about this as, this is the Bono disc. And I guess that makes sense, or it can easily make sense because for... For most songs, Bono is the nominal speaker or voice in the songs as the protagonist now we shouldn't make that equation obviously because it is a it's a piece of art it's a song Bono isn't necessarily always the persona in a simplistic way on these tracks, but um looking down these lists of songs, they do all seem quite personal to Bono or they feel like quite personal tracks, so yeah, it this... seems like they seem
1: like points in the map of who Bono is as a person,
0: yeah, and things that you can tell he actually cares about so. If they were all um, saying, well, Edge has arranged these tracks, which one do you want? I can kind of get why he's attached his name to this one. Or maybe yeah. it was just a big coincidence. Anyway, um, yeah, back to With or Without You then. It's always a bold thing to take on a song this iconic. And they've already done enough of the big hitters. You've got, you know, One, uh, Will the Streets Have Your Name, everything like that. So they didn't necessarily need to have this one on here as
1: well. I feel like this is the first ever reimagining of Wither Without You. It's not a song that has changed, like dramatically. Where, where the streets of No Name has changed mm. the way they play it live, whether we You you's always been fairly down the line and quite yeah. quite static. So a reimagining isn't the, the worst idea. That's true, actually.
0: Yeah, thinking about it, that, that's very true. There's always been little additions and variations, particularly towards the end. Yeah, and then always the big moment of Willie hit the the falsetto. I, I assume it is um, properly.
1: Yeah, I, I think to. Your, your average Joanne on the street. Hmm. Um this is probably
0: U2's biggest
1: hit. Yeah. I would say this is the, the song most associated with U2 to non fans.
0: Yeah. I I think that's that's not a controversial claim. So I was left wondering if by
1: digging this song back up, not that it's ever really been left alone, but it's never been it's never been reworked, by doing that after Thirty years, thirty-five years, they risk questioning or challenging what relationship the listener has with that song in particular—a song that has been played at weddings and at funerals and you know celebrations, mm-hmm. uh, milestone occasions in a person's life. Halloween's. They they're up against the. The relationship that you hold with a particular song.
0: Yeah, it's a fragile thing, that, which could have been shattered if they'd done a a bad version. The thing is, this is a really good version. I love all the production choices on it, and I I was really happy to see this version. I think the changes that are made are subtle and interesting. I like that he didn't start off at 100 miles an hour, and I like the fact that he actually does step his voice up at the end. I felt there was a bit of
1: a false start. Never mind starting at 100 miles an hour. It It, it kind of didn't get going to me and uh, for Bono. And I always do generally focus on the singing and Bono. It seemed like it was only really in verse two that Bono understood the character of this version of the song. This version of With or Without You. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he it, it didn't feel the persona until that point. Verse two, it kind of kicks in. It's like, I, I, I know what he's going for now, but before that, it didn't work for me.
0: Wasn't it your best mate Gavin Friday who, like, originally said to Bono when they had a different arrangement of "With or Without You"? Like, you need to just hold off and not put the chorus in right at the very start because then you're going too fast. I think this, I think that's right, but it reflects that idea of building up to something slowly and eventually. It, you, it, you it's
1: just... not that it's not the build that I have a problem with. I don't think the performance is the. Yeah. I don't think the performance is very good until verse two.
0: What about the performances that he's been doing? I mean, because we've watched this on YouTube. Yeah, what do you think about that? That's
1: what won me over with the the one man show idea. Yeah. Um, not enough for me to go and watch it. <laughs>
0: so I didn't mean you that
1: much, did but, it? But like, I kind of I didn't know what he was going to do, and you hear Spring- Springsteen on Broadway was for me hilarious. I thought it it was so majestically misjudged, but people were along for the ride. With it. They just they just they just just believe you know, Spring the the Broadway thing he did, the one man show Springsteen did. Do you ever watch it? No. It was on Netflix. It's one of the funniest stand up shows I've ever seen. But it's not a stand up show. Is
0: that the one where he's doing Marvin? Yeah,
1: he talks about a tree for a very long time and like how important this tree was in his life. Mm. And I was nearly on the floor because he, he was being so sentimental. About things like trees and sometimes it, it's good to leave the mystique. Yeah, it was. I love Springsteen, but he does make me laugh. Uh, he doesn't, I don't think he understands how he can, how he comes across sometimes.
0: How long was this special as well? Because I mean, it was an hour and a half.
1: Oh. it was a Netflix special. It was, oh, so it's he a it. he down. sold it Broadway for months and months
0: on end. Okay. Ticket prices were. Just, I just I, I regard Springsteen as the Ken Dodd of rock music. Like, oh no, he, he goes on, on for ages. No, no, he's like, good. He goes go on. A, for, he does he go goes on for ages. ages. Yeah. He's he's classic. Ken Dodd. But the reason all this is
1: relevant is because I didn't know what to expect from a Bono one man show, and sometimes Bono gets lost in his own um, imagination and thinks that other people are experiencing things the way he he is. he he, <laughs> he is. There's letters though. There. And Mm -hmm. they're all in the wrong order. So I've said it before, he doesn't always sound like a human being. He kind of talks like a fictional character sometimes. So I didn't know how it was going to go with just a microphone and Bono on stage telling stories from his autobiography. Mm -hmm. But but by weaving these songs in and making the songs part of the story, that's when I understood and I started to get excited about the whole project. Mm -hmm. And maybe there'll be a, a live show I'm still waiting on Joshua's Tree. Well, we're all waiting on something from you two and um you know that they, they, they there's a lot of did, checks they've written. Did you see
0: did you see the uh subscriber gift that's just been announced? I did, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, <laughs> I, you, you wanna go back to being a subscriber? I've always been a subscriber. Oh right, I thought you I thought you dropped it. No, I've I've
1: always been a always been a subscriber. Uh, and, and for the record and for balance, I've never been a subscriber. Well, fair enough. But yeah, I, it's disappointing. And I really when I read that article,
0: I thought it was a joke to begin with.
1: <laughs> when I when I read that article, I felt sorry for the copywriter that had to try and make this sound good because I could I could hear them Wow. agreeing with me that it seems a bit of a letdown <laughs> and, and and I don't I don't want to be too critical because there's that many YouTube subscribers and every year it seems to be oh this is rubbishless
0: also not there have been sub- years where it's appealed more to me yeah
1: sometimes um, it's been fantastic and I've, I've really
0: enjoyed having you subscribing to it so I could watch it or whatever or, the, or you know experience it the, so the last time it was cheap the last time they did like a book kind of
1: thing was north and south of the river yeah. and stories about Dublin and where they grew up and information about the, the, the Dublin of the late 70s that um, this band was formed in and I found that at the time I didn't want that book I thought oh that's rubbish I'll never read that In <laughs> years later I really started to like it I liked that they had a, a, a personalised map of Dublin mm-hmm. places where they used to go things that are important to different songs and relevant it was a nice compendium
0: yeah a ready made tour guide
1: yeah it was really it was really good and I, but I didn't appreciate it at the time uh there's a lot of lyrics for u two songs if they're doing they're going to do this over 2 years they're going to do 1978 i believe till 1995 mm. um there's a lot of lyrics though yeah and if if they've got doodles in there and they've got some anton corbin uh, photographs and mm. this I can see how it would be a good package, but it—if if to say you're doing a lyric book does sound a bit
0: naff. I just—it just—I can hear the the barrel being scraped. That's all. And the thing that annoys me about that—they've got stuff that we really want that's as well. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. And also, I mean, they have, um, or oh, they at least thought about reworking, you know, Moment of Surrender, Angel of Harlem. There's probably loads of offcuts from this album that didn't make the forty tracks that are here. So, how about? Giving those to subscribers. I'm not one, so I won't benefit until I like, sidle over to yours and listen to whatever it is, or watch whatever it is. But yeah, anyway, that was just a, a detour. Um, whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm glad the fan club's still there. Yeah. And I, I like the community that it, it provides. There are times when, and maybe we'll do an episode on like fan club, because it's it's a world of, of itself. Um but maybe we'll do an episode. I'll, I'll I'll keep my powder dry for that one. With or without you, have you got anything
0: else to say? I'm glad that he took on the big whale at the end. I was worried that he wouldn't do that because it's obviously a, a difficult thing to do no, now. No, I think he, I think he
1: could he could tell it mattered to him wanting to try and hit that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think it would be a real cop out if they'd just done you know, like a, another like a violin had done it or something like that, or a bassoon.
1: I think that's something <laughs> And I could be making this up; it's just an assumption. But I feel like the day Bono can't hit that note consistently, we're done. He's like, I don't want to do this. And if I can't be my absolute
0: best, but they'll just keep dropping down the uh, pitching the <laughs> until yeah, it's yeah. in the absolute, you know, doldrums. Um,
1: I don't know how many uh, Bon Jovi fans listen to this podcast, but Bon Jovi's voice uh, was really shot by the end of his last tour, and it was becoming. Thing where people are like, no, his voice gave out again at, in this one. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's got some kind of problem, but it didn't sound good it, for someone that level, that kind of production. Yeah, his voice wasn't there. now yeah. that's concerning if you're a singer. Yeah, Bono, your Bono's Yeah, Bono's not in that category. Uh, but Bono doesn't have to sing at the range that Bon Jovi does. Um, so. If you if you want to see if you, if you if you sat there thinking maybe I should be concerned about Bono's voice, go and watch some of those Bon Jovi videos because nope, it, it's a, it's a bit heartbreaking, really.
0: Um, well, I mean, the other thing is it this whole project then gives us a bit of solace as fans because you are always concerned about a singer's voice and and Bono yeah he's one part of a, of a, a four way split which mm. is in theory is equal, but. Without the voice, you, you've not got the band. You know what
1: if, I mean? If, yeah. If if Edge snaps a string, he can pick up another guitar or he can restring.
0: Yeah. I Imagine uh, Dallas would do that for him. I don't think Bono Bono can't in. do that. No. He could have a big shot of um, some like uh, you know some sort of. Do you, you have like a medic backstage? tardy. Can... I meant more like as like a drug to get him going again. But um, I think they did that on the pop tour a couple of nights actually. But maybe, maybe I'm getting things mixed up. Yeah.
1: Last thing for me on um, "Whether We Without You" the last 90 seconds are powerful, and I don't think they meant it to be as powerful as as it turned out.
0: Let's go for something non-powerful. No, I, I,
1: no I think it happened by mistake, because the build wasn't quite right to where it went to. But it, it kind oh. of... It, the, the the explosion at the end seemed to come out of nowhere.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, it was a great version. Obviously, they're going to spend some time on this and, and get it right, and I think they have I think this is the best possible reimagining you could have of, of the song. Track two, Stay, Far Away,
1: So Close, five minutes, three seconds. Now, this is my girlfriend's favourite U2 song. It's so far the only song I've been able to introduce her to, mm. which she will say she likes um, of U2. Other than, like you know, Wither Without You, that she knew beforehand and Beautiful Day, some of the bigger hits. Mm. This is the first song that she's actually come around to liking of her own volition really. Congrats. Um I I didn't know whether to play this version to her though.
0: Well I guess if you've got the fragile thing of someone who's not uh, not into U2 liking some U2 then you don't want to ruin it. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Um but yeah it's it's I, I saw this on the chart list and thought hmm interesting. Yep. I'm um, I'm excited to hear what they what they're gonna do with it. A slight bit of, well, like we're stuck in a moment, I kind of know what they're going to do with it because I've seen it on stage a lot of times and I've just listened to this song over and over again. It does have different versions, so it's already been reimagined because the Boston version, one of the best live experiences ever on DVD you can get, yeah, yeah is already very different to the Zeropa version. Uh, I love both Z-TV. of those.
1: Do you mean? Or the album version? I mean the album, well, yeah, yeah, the album version mainly. Yeah, the album version, the Zoo TV version, the Boston version, the Berlin version from Innocence and Experience. All very different attempts at this song, but all very good, high quality.
0: So I was thinking, okay, is this literally just going to be like with Ordinary Love where it's a nice song put down acoustically or a bit more acoustically and, you know, big whoop, who cares? But... This is really good because it uses Bono's maturing voice probably better than any other, in my opinion, song on the whole 40 songs. It's very near to the ear. Almost like weirdly, mm. this reminds me of Million Dollar Hotel Bono. It
1: rem- reminded me of Lou Reed. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, and there's there's um there's a bit of Lou Reed. There's a bit of um Leonard Cohen at various points in this album yeah, as well, actually. I can hear that. It creeps in. Um but so but so Bono's voice tick tick on this one because songs of surrender i want things that justify reimagining do something different and the voice is very different it has the weariness as well which i think works very very well and also lots of people like your girlfriend might miss this song without it being presented back to them if you know what i mean mm. it's in the middle of zuropa not many non 2 fans are going to be like I'll just get Zeropa down and have a listen to it, you know? And it's, it's after some pretty experimental songs as well. So this is way more important to me that this song is getting back out there with a beautiful version of it than hearing, um, one or any of the big, big hitters. Um, I also really, really like the guitar that edge is using on it. The, the production quality on this like phasery guitar, it's like dripping with phaser. It's beautiful. Mm. And it's, it just, it, it, every production choice I really like. Last thing I, I think is is good is that the the stays in this version are good, um, as in the chanting, really slightly changed in the in the melody, but really beautiful. And then there's also that moment where it almost sounds like breathing or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, very it's, odd. It sounds like but two great.
1: versions really. I feel like if you're gonna go mono tono Bono, uh, then <laughs> you should like that should be the Lou Reed version all the way through. Mm. Um, but then that stops, and then you get the big vocal performance.
0: Oh, I love that stuff. I, I,
1: like, I like it, but it seems like it's two things mm. stuck together.
0: Do you know what I realise, listening to this version? Um, I, uncharacteristically, have been mishearing something. <laughs> Tyler's face you? was shocked. You? Never. <laughs> shocked, there. Yeah. Um, right, I always thought it was the bag and the clatter. Really? Yeah, Genuinely. Bag, and I would sing it, bag. I've sung this song with you. I what would does sing... that even mean, though? She's been on a night out, she's got a bag, ladies like to have bags, you know, and imagine someone dropping a bag, all the lipstick comes out, and coins and whatever, you know, mint imperials, like, and they all just like... Worders at Bono's age. Well, yeah, yeah, as you get older, it goes from the polos to the, to the where those originals <laughs> but um i always thought it was a bag in the classic you know, see like someone hit an angel like a, a, presumably he's talking about a female uh like angel character yeah well gabriel was but i think angels in the biblically are, are, are... No, i think they're all male i think that's a common misconception well i think a common misconception is that they're a humanoid at all they're like big spinning weird things of eyes aren't the angels actually in the bible as in, biblically... It doesn't matter. We don't go going down this road. Bag and the clatter, anyway. That was <laughs> a very good Michael Parkinson you just did. <laughs>
2: Let's get on to, get on to, the, to the, the,
0: the... Stay to your your a... uh, Bag and the clatter. Uh, obviously,
1: that... bang and the... I think you're the only person that's ever heard it. Like... Well,
0: that's what I wanted to ask. Did anyone else ever hear this as the bag and the clatter? I might be wrong. Happy to be wrong. But I'm just interested. Yeah, they just told me no. Uh, no one. I think Bono is still able to
1: show he's got it where it counts. Mm when it's necessary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would disagree with him on how often it's necessary, I mm. think. But this is a this is a, a strong performance. Much stronger than a lot of the other songs have been.
0: Yeah, this is a very affecting, beautiful version. I, I believe he's on board for it fully. I don't think he takes any unnecessary vocal... Like I feel like... The, you know the end of every breaking wave on this version... I really felt like he he thought, I'm going to put this note in as long as I can put it in mm. to show everyone the pipes are still there. Whereas I don't think he takes any unnecessary... He's not showy-offy on this. It's just great. No,
1: I think he wants to just nail it. You know, he yeah. really he wants to nail it. I did actually ask um, my partner, uh, my bird, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is what she's saved us in my phone, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, what she likes about the original now bear in mind she doesn't she doesn't do a podcast and she you know she's really she's she th- makes her somewhat unique in this world she doesn't think about music the same way we do like she she thinks it's a bit
0: weird that we sit in a room feels like you're digging yourself into a hole here but go on but, well
1: you know I, I don't know but she, I, I was asking her why does she like stay mm-hmm. you know what is it and um she said it's it's she said it's nice to listen to and it's not boring. She, I'm tick, tick. amazed that anybody can find U2 boring, but she she seems to. It doesn't seem to appeal to her on that very primal level that it appeals to me. Has she heard Passengers? <laughs> she would probably love Passengers. She likes, she likes, she really likes Radiohead.
0: Oh, right, okay. Fair, yeah. fair enough. I like Passengers, by the way, but I think if you're going to say a U2 album, and I know it's Passengers, haha, yeah. but like, if you're going to say a U2 album is boring, then there are some stretches on that album.
1: Yeah, there really are. Um, but no, I, I, just, I was trying to like get her to say, okay, what, what elements of that do you, of the original, do you like, and then tr- kind, kind of contrast that to what we hear in this one to see mm. if any of that had been maintained. And, and
0: what results did you get?
1: I don't think she wanted to listen to a new version of it, <laughs> so.
0: This is a very unsatisfying anecdote. It was, yeah. It was, it was, it was an un-
1: unsatisfactory part I mean, of my.
0: I, mean, I called her into the room. I mean, it's a... In fact, I sent her a text saying, can I see you in my office? But it's a ballad, isn't it? The thing is, it's Stay Far Away So Close is a, it's a beautiful ballad. It's got tragedy to it. The The lyrics are uh, shot, uh, shown off here. None of the lyrics have changed, as far as I can tell, which is, which is a testament to how good the original version is. The, there are just fantastic... Um, flourishes in this so yeah it, I think that's why it's just, it's just a great song is, is the honest answer it's and, beautiful and to any and, and to anyone who didn't have a stable of hits like you two have had this would be one of their main top hits that they would play and be oh you know get the lighters out and everything it's just because they've got such a wealth of incredible songs that this one sometimes gets forgotten so mm. I'm glad it's on here and uh, it is welcome to the table
1: track three Sunday Bloody Sunday four minutes thirteen seconds now I really didn't care about a new version of this song. No, um, it seems it seems a bit unnecessary, and it's it's like what is new here? What's new in this track? Mm. It's a song, a song like Sunday Body Sundays. It, it's kind of it's part of the DNA of who you two are. If you yep. if you were to describe U2's music to somebody, or the appeal of you two as personas. You would say, well, they can be, you know, they can be quite political and not afraid of asking, the, you know, singing about the tough issues mm-hmm. uh, and raising uncomfortable points, and sometimes splitting audiences. You know, through a song, yeah. and I think Sunday Bloody Sunday is everything that you two are. Mm-hmm. It formed the way they write music, the way they think about the world, politics, religion, passion, and it. I know they say it was kind of forgotten, but I don't think it was ever forgotten.
0: Was it? They they, they seemed
1: well, they seemed to talk about it in I think they overplayed. Sarajevo. They, yeah,
0: they overplayed it. I think that was the issue. So then they let it rest a bit. I think it was yeah. the opposite of forgotten. It was, it, it was too much. And then Edge comes back with that beautiful solo version that's a lot quieter. That, to me, is the most interesting reimagining of, of the song. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be done again. At um, all,
1: yeah. I think we we got a, another reimagining for I and E and E and I, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a little it's a little strange. It goes back to what I was saying, you know, you are risking taking a song that people have a strong connection to and challenging that and changing that opinion. Um, so it, it's a bit of a weird one for me. It, I, I don't know. I str- I really struggled with this with this song.
0: Well, c- can I say something negative and then something positive about this? Yeah. Right. My negative is this: think about everyone, not just you, Tyler. Think about the album war. Okay. Yeah. Right. Think about it track listing wise. Now we've got some massive heavy hitters on there. Yeah. New Year's Day, Sunday Bloody Sunday, forty arguably. Like a song. Well, this is the thing. Two hearts beat as one. Well, this is right. This is the thing, right? What's the one with the coconuts? Uh, it might be surrender. Red Light. Red Light, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point is, Red Light, Surrender, The Refugee, Like a Song, there's so much stuff that they barely touch at all. This, isn't, this isn't like um, Acton Baby, where there's a rotation of songs. You know, like, so, you know um, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? That, for example, came back into rotation. Um, songs drop in, songs drop, drop out. We never see some of... Well, a lot of war, actually. The, the lion's share of war, really, we don't really see live very often, apart from New Year's Day and Sunday Buddy Sunday right, on a regular rotation. So what an opportunity this was to go back. And I'm not saying they have to do like a piano stripped-down version of The Refugee or anything like that. But if you're going to have some things like Desire's been done and The Fly's been done, why not go back to something fantastically interesting like Red Light or mm. or Surrender itself and just do something with it. So then when you look seconds. at seconds seconds yeah great song yeah i'd, yeah. I'd take edge, edge doing a doing a nice acoustic version of that but that that's the, that's my issue here yeah. this if if i feel like if there was any kind of ear to the ground fan wise that was meaningful this thing i think there is 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 the ground fan wise well fine they they, think, then they can make their own choices so like do whatever they want to do i've got no idea about how this all filters up or filters down and frankly i don't care but there is such a thirst for interesting going back to some interesting songs that we love, and I just think a couple more of those would be interesting. We don't need another version of Sunday Bloody Sunday yet again, is is the is the ultimate point. I will say something positive about it in a bit, but okay. go on Tyler.
1: Sunday Bloody Sunday is a powerful song. It has a meaning, it has an energy to it, and it can transform mm-hmm. a gig. Yep. I'm gonna use a professional wrestling analogy. Um, right. Here we go. Which which will be very short. But in professional wrestling, which is a predetermined sport, entertainment <laughs> thing, there are moves that a wrestler can do that they know the crowd are going to react favorably to.
0: A rock bottom,
1: a people's elbow,
0: a pedigree. The We're stone cold. This might
1: mean absolutely not absolutely nothing to you know some people, but so there is there's a decision of like. I know the crowd are going to react the way I want them to if I do this move.
0: Yeah, I can see where this is going. Go However,
1: on. if I do this every match, the crowd reaction is going to get less. You know, it'll it'll plateau. It'll get less and less. Yep. If I do it on special occasions, mm-hmm. the crowd are going to go cray-cray. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're going to go absolutely banana, right? <laughs> yes. Using all this technical wrestling speak. Yeah, yeah. And I feel this song is such a big hitter that it needs to be used sparingly when it can have its full political
0: effect. It can say what it wants to say. Big impact when it came out on the at the start of Joshua Tree. Yeah, no problem with that. I love this song as as and it's an important song and everything. Just I just wanted to say that as a sidebar because I don't want my negativity to come across. Powerful performance. Innocence and experience. Yeah. Yeah, very powerful. And um Larry being a really key part of that as well, yeah. which is which is great. So
1: um, so that's that's what I'm gonna say. I, I think this one should have sat it out. Yes, I agree.
0: Yeah. To so extend your wrestling metaphor as well, right? I think there are certain moves that although the majority of the crowd might not go crazy for, so like if we do take your wrestling analogy, right? People's elbow is a stupid move. Okay? Oh yeah. It's ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. It makes no sense at all, okay. Um and But people go crazy for it because it's built up so much because The Rock is such a charismatic or was such a charismatic wrestler. But then you take your Dean Malenko, right, and they do something beautiful, technical, and only a few people in the audience are going, wow, do you see what he did? Do you see what Dean Malenko did? <laughs> you know? um, and the thing is, that to me is is like a deep cut. Like, like stick a red light on here. Obviously, your average, you know, Joe Bloggs, Jane Bloggs isn't going to be desperately hunting for that. But that's such an. In, in, they've not given us really anything here that isn't. Like, what's the most exciting thing on this whole forty tracks for you? I mean, eleven o'clock TikTok. Uh, it's songs like um, Electrical Storm, Electrical Storm, and Who's Going to Ride Your Wild Horse.
1: Something you know, things that they don't you know dig out all the time. Yeah, Even I just, Vertigo I find
0: more interesting.
1: You know, like hearing Killian, uh, Killian Murphy's version. You know, after he slipped Bono some notes about how to really perfect the song.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just, um, I don't know. It it, 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 as as a the fan that I am, I there's just a couple of occasions here, and I just want to throw out like like three or four different songs where I feel like if you're going to do a, a 16 track, fine, make it make it whatever you want and make it appeal to the most amount of people. If you're saying 40 tracks of reimagined things of apparently unfinished or things that haven't been salvaged. you, you have to make it interesting, and they didn't. Well, well, they, for, for Sunday Bloody Sunday, they didn't
1: make it interesting in my this, for my money. They didn't make it interesting.
0: I'd say they made it very professional on this one. Like, so um, actually, I like the. I feel like Bono has really got his head around how to do this now. In terms of, I mean, it's taken long enough. Even the way he's going quite high on the word tears, I really like. Um, I really like the percussion, the percussion that's used in here. I like how he's. Gelled things down at the end where he's saying religion is the enemy of the Holy Spirit guide. I think this is cool, like, and it's interesting. It's just, it's just not, it's just not what I want though at all. I just don't want another version. So, what I would have loved to have seen in these forty songs, I would have loved to have looked down and seen. I know this isn't isn't necessarily likely, but sin. When I look at the world promenade, three sunrises. It doesn't even have to go that obscure and deep, but just something. Give me one thing they've not touched for bloody ages, thank you, rather than Sunday, bloody Sunday again.
1: The best I can say is, I hope it comes round for us, but...
0: Doubt it. There's there's a lot of versions of this song, and I don't think this is one of the better ones. Track 34, Lights of Home, 4 minutes 20. I love this song. I'm always ready for another version of it. I love the live versions I've heard. I like the St. Peter's string version. Interesting re-invention of a song. That's not even that old. And the fact that that was packaged with some of the releases of songs of experience, maybe this was an unnecessary song to, to do, but maybe also they put it on because they want to show that they've still got muscular, powerful guitar led songs, even on their later works, Mm. you know, Something to match the vertigos of the world, that sort of thing. So, um it's impossible for me not to sing along with the purred parts, you know, with the with the harmony bits. I think it's a really, really catchy song. Still feels fresh, still feels full of meaning for Bono. So if he has phoned in or maybe he hasn't gone a hundred percent on some of the other songs, this is one where I feel like he has actually done that. Um so it's it's good, it's a good version. It's a nice alternate take. What do you think? For me it's a little bit too soon since Songs
1: of that's Experience. A, that's the issue, isn't it? Um I'm still finding my feet with that song. While I like it, I'm still finding Free yourself. I'm still finding you know ways to you know look Be at yourself. it. Um I, I I think it it is a different version. It's a, a different uh perspective on the song. Solo's different? The original is like Longing to return home after an ordeal. Like, you know, there's been a journey. It's like... Open um, heart surgery, for example. It's uh, like Icarus. Not Icarus. Ithaca. It's Mm -hmm. like Ithaca. Yeah. The the words are in there somewhere. This version seems like returning home after your favourite sports team's lost. So I I think
0: it's a different emotion, but it's not as powerful. I think maybe powerful in a different sort of way. It's a lot less big than either of the other versions that we talked about, including the original album version. Do you know what I found out about this song, though, that I find almost embarrassing? I didn't know this was inspired by Haim. You know the band Haim? Yeah. Which I don't know if I'm pronouncing right. Is it Haim? I don't know if it's. I've always said Haim, yeah, but I have no idea. Well, yeah, Potato Potato. Good band. Um,. I didn't know that the one of the main songs, you know, the monetary, cheap, <few words> that comes from a, a Hame song, which is why they're credited on this. Oh, um. So, and it, it does take the shine off the song a little bit, because... No, that doesn't bother me. It, it shouldn't bother me, but it does bother me, because I feel like Lights of Home, when I first heard it, I was like, Edge is really smacking the guitar again, and he's doing something new and fresh, but apparently that just seems to be that he's taken that particular thing from a current, relevant, good band. It's not a problem. It shouldn't bother me. It kinda of does a little bit, but at least I'm learning new stuff. And if you want to look up that song, it's called My Song Five. Free yourself, Johnny. Um I think
1: the Songs of Surrender version of Lights of Home needs more urgency. It it's lacking
0: that. Um, well, it's not going to get any more urgent than that version they did with the strings, you know. That that I mean, the strings going, you know, that that's that's the most urgent version to me. Yeah, and they didn't need to revisit it. They did a fantastic version of it on the Abbey Road thing. I that, do like the guitar arrangement. I think it's great. It sounds good. It sounds it sounds really good. And the the alternate solo, it's worth the price of admission. That for me, in and of itself. Um, a note I've, I've written on
1: a lot of songs throughout this is like, I wouldn't have mind this being an, an experiment, an instrumental project in a lot of places
0: you say that you like listening to the singer most
1: I do <laughs>
0: <laughs> but does it doesn't
1: stop the fact that occasionally it's the worst part of the of the record
0: well again one one other alternate version of this would be one disc is all just instrumentals but I don't know how much mileage that would have in it uh, anyway should we carry on
1: yep track 5 Cedarwood Road 3 minutes 24 seconds no this is a song about Gavin Friday <laughs> my best friend apparently yep um, And I think a song about Gavin Friday should feature him. Like, um, imagine that this song starts out as Bono, maybe just Bono on guitar, you know? Mm. And then he meets Gavin Friday, and it all goes a little bit dystopian. <laughs> Can you see what I'm doing here? Yeah.
0: You know, it feels like you want to just have watch a musical about Bono and Gavin Friday. Though. Pretty
1: much, yeah. Like mm. oh, uh, even an echoing of Bono singing "I was walking down the road" and then G- Gavin Friday comes "I was walking down the road,"
0: and it's 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 just wonderful and dark. And do you know what I've realised? Our opinions really don't matter, don't they? <laughs> About how this project <laughs> should have been or not. Good grief! No, but
1: you know, you know, it's should have, would have, could have. Um... It's, it's it's a nice bit of storytelling. Um, fairly
0: standard, would you say? Yeah. Fairly down the line. Do you know what I've just realised as well? Didn't you two? They already kind of did this anyway. Like, didn't they do this already when they did that that release of yeah, on Songs of Innocence, where they had the the stripped down versions of these anyway. Yeah. So what was the point in this? Do you reckon do you reckon they just didn't have 40 songs I think Edge probably got up to about 20 odd and then they were like oh well, if we get to 40 then you know we've done a song called 40
1: we'd all been jabbed by that point
0: well yeah yeah so maybe they were able to do more stuff in the studio look I, I don't want us to like get fatigued I mean it, this is like we are getting to near the end of this thing
1: but no. Well, but, you know it's, it's a song that I've always struggled with i, I I've said that many times yeah, that you made your point I've never I've never clear I never found my the, the the way to really view this song, it is it has started to come around a bit, but I don't know it's not terrible. I actually enjoyed listening to it. It's the right time for me to hear this because mm. the, the originals. I find myself singing the original a lot. The, I like the change that happens at two minutes. It suddenly everything becomes a lot more raw. I actually mm. thought that they were going to do
0: what I, I wanted them to do. But that's that's the thing for me. And by the end by the end of this track, and after that two-minute switch, it's not that dissimilar to the original, really. Mm. Then that begs the question, what's the point in doing it? So this is a song I've gushed about on multiple occasions. Go back to my review and see how much I bloody love this song. Okay, It's beautifully produced, but and Bono might not be done with it, as in it's still maybe something that, going back for his biography, Cedarwood Road, means a lot to him. And it means a lot to you too, fans, who go on there as a kind of pilgrimage sometimes and probably annoy everyone on that street. But I th- I heard uh, up until a few years ago, the owners were very, you know, good,
1: and were like, if you knocked on, yeah, that they- they'd be like. Normally there was set days for it; you couldn't just turn yeah. up at tea time. But like, I feel sorry for anyone else living in that house. But like, normally they were like pretty understanding. Of, oh yeah, come in. You know, and you, yeah. can, you can see Bono's bedroom, which is it's it's nice, you know. But I imagine that house is worth quite a lot more mm. because it's Bono's house. Well, yeah. And well, f- fair enough. Um, but... So if that's the price you've got to pay, you know you've got to give give someone a tour of
0: your ensuite. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I can see that. Um, but it's just there's just not much to say about it. So in the end, it's not it's not that interesting of a project. Well, four hours in, and you're saying we've not got much to say about it. Well, fair enough. Let's let's move on to um, track thirty six. I Will
1: Follow, 3 Minutes 40, another song that I was kind of surprised by. It seemed, maybe it's quite obvious
0: to some people, but it's not a song that's been reworked to death. No, it's, it's always been fairly similar. I mean, like you take the pop version, for example. It's different insofar as the edges yeah, put a little phaser effect on it, but they don't mm. really rework, mm. rework it that much. This sounds amazing. It's
1: played perfectly, mm-hmm. but that's my problem. Because I will follow was a very rough and ready, raw song to yeah. begin with. For which Bono wrote the main riff apparently.
0: They mastered... if you listen to Bono's autobiography. Oh really? Right. Well, he said that he was he just grabbed a guitar and was trying to get across to the band. I imagine this is a lot of <laughs> mythology around this, but in Bono's telling, he's trying to get the trying to wrestle the band into the future something that isn't quite punk but isn't just grandad um, you know rock yeah. and he picks up a guitar and was just hitting it over and over again he said he wanted something that was just monotonous and striking and electric and this is what he came up with mm. Edge was struggling with an A minor chord Larry had <laughs> his sticks the wrong way around. yeah
1: Adam was styling his hair in the mirror then Bono walked in picked up a guitar and it was it was like God walked through the room yes Yeah. yeah. is that yeah. how it comes across in the book
0: mm, not dissimilar to that
1: to be honest okay um but, uh, but yeah, I would lo- like... love Bonner. He's <laughs> a cheeky chap. He's a cheeky lad. Um, but yeah, it was too perfectly played. Um, and like, even if you can polish a turd, not that I'm saying that I will follow is <laughs> a turd, but like,
0: if you can polish a turd, should you? <laughs> you know? If we were doing the version of the intro where I drop in quotes from the episode, <laughs> that would definitely be one in there. Um... I don't know how to answer that question, but this isn't just a polished turd; it's a reconstructed turd. Um, It's it's a gold gilded turd. It's not a turd. It's not a turd. Let's just get that out of the way. It's not. No, no,
1: the song song isn't. But like this, the 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 power of uh, "I Will Follow" is they're eighteen years old. You know, they've not got a lot of money to spend on production. This is as good as they can make it sound, Uh, and there's a charm to that that I want to hear when I hear. I will follow. I don't want to hear a perfect version of I will follow.
0: Yeah, and also this is one of the ones that is most strikingly rewritten in terms of lyrics. So we've got, for example, I was on the outside when he said you needed me. Fair enough. In the mirror, a reflection. Um, a boy tries out to be a man. His mother lets go of his hand. The gift of grief will bring a voice to life. I think this is a reason to do this song because it is different. It's, it's acoustically rendered. But it's him looking through the other end of the telescope, the other side of experience, all the other cliches that I keep saying about basically Bono is older, and him saying the gift of grief will bring a voice to life. So that's not him saying that he's going to follow Iris from that bewildered, youthful, how do I process this grief sort of thing. It's him saying thank you in a way that you were that much of an inspiration to me that I could follow that and turn grief into something better it's a way of interpreting
1: the life cycle.
0: Akuna Matata. Wait, no. What a that... wonderful phrase. No, <laughs> I'm not thinking of that. I mean the circle of life. Yeah. Yeah, they're both wonderful. Or as
1: Elton John sings these days,
0: <laughs> line. Mm. um yeah this is an interesting one to lay side by side I suppose with the with the original. These bricks and stones are not my home. To be lost is to be found. I'm, there's a little bit of the Sphinx here, from mystery man creeping in. That whole ah, in order to be found, you must be lost. That kind of stuff. But um, I like these reworkings. I, I don't see it as sacrilege. I think it works well. Do or do not. That is not right. Who's
1: that? It was an attempt at Yoda. I can do a better Yoda. <laughs> do
0: or do not. That is not right. Yeah, I I'll think, do. I think you're gonna say follow. I will. That would kind of sort of make sense. Just you're
1: gonna edit the first impression out.
0: Uh, we'll see okay. how I feel.
1: <laughs> right, let's move on. Here we go. Track seven, Two Hearts Beat As One. Another song that is I could sell the
0: album to me. You could sell the album to me purely on this track. Yep, this is another one of those ones which cast your eye down that initial 40 and that one stands out and you think, great. Something that hasn't been done to death. Yes, it was a single, but... They've only fleetingly revisited it occasionally. A couple Mm. of live interesting versions of it, which is a bit of an indication that they feel... There's some mileage in here. Um, And it's not that much of a surprise, though, that it's been reworked in this fashion because this was one of those early U2 songs that actually got a dance remix. Yeah, it did, yeah. Before the 90s. Um, I've got it. It reminded me of the... uh, there's, there's the Kavortki, and I might not be saying that right. But there's lots the of different remixes that I remember listening to off different bootlegs. You know, it's so, like and it goes hearts, hearts, us woo, that kind of thing. And it is, it's very, very odd compared to the original, which is a bit more romantic. And
1: this was years before your big yams and your east.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not that surprising that this has been reworked into a dance classic. Well done, the Edge. Give that lad a round of applause and a garland for his well, not his hair, yeah. but you know his head. No, it's only
1: like a nineties version of of two hearts Beaters one. A good song is always a good song. <laughs> they, they even even you two and it's and like David and, Brent. No, even forever, <laughs> forever, <ever. laughs> Even Bono and the Edge messing about in the shed in lockdown can't ruin this song.
0: Well, I think this is. Ju- I think this is just. Um, this is just edge, isn't it? Really,
1: yeah. It's there's so much going on in it. There's so much I want to come back and listen to. Mm. There's there's so much enjoyment and I'm 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 gleeful. It's it's four minutes eight. It's one of the longest songs on the album, and I and I I want more. Yeah, like with uh, desire they. They did it under three minutes, and I think that yeah. was just about right because you don't want to annoy people. Yeah, peace on earth. He got called for his tea. But I could have taken another four minutes of Two Hearts Beat as well. It's just, a, it's just a funky
0: sound that I want to listen to, mm. and, and it's, it's actually, everything it's, I want them to do. It's fun as well, which is, which is... I mean, they do get... With all the Anton Corbin photography and black and white and miserable faces sometimes, you two can get mistaken for... Not a dour band like the way Radiohead get mistakenly called a depressing. Band.
1: Sometimes too much focus on the emotional impact.
0: Well, it's sometimes just too too much focus on like looking solemn, looking out at a beach, you know what yeah. I mean, or across a desert or that sort of stuff. Whereas I, I like the fun of this, and this is Edge having so much fun. Yeah, it
1: sounds it sounds fun. You know they're having fun. There's confidence in this. Mm. Um, I, I use this as inspiration for the next album. Yeah. Make the next album sound a bit more like this.
0: Speaking of confidence, I mean, this is funky, it's dancey, Edge is having a lot of fun. Maybe Edge and Bono's time hanging out with Confidence Man will bring them up to that. I would
1: love it if they'd done something in the style of Confidence Man. be interesting. Uh, if you are listening to this point of the fourth episode of 40 Songs, well done. Can you please get in touch if you're also a fan of Confidence Man? I don't know if that's just a me and Johnny thing or if, if uh, the, the YouTube community I, think, has I, think I posted, taken to them.
0: I think I posted about how I, I thought Confidence Man had I mean there's the obvious links to the fact that it featured on things but um, I think I posted about that and there was a, a decent amount of uh, Traction. Uh, I think there's, there's a nice Venn diagram, but I also think that Edge and Bono are not going to be dancing around um, like Sugar Bones and Janet Planet anytime soon. I That's mean, a shame. I mean, well, yeah, but their knees just couldn't take it. Um, <laughs> after that, they might need a miracle drug. Do you
1: know what I accidentally wrote when I was writing this? Miracle Drunk. <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean, it could, be, it could be the title of my autobiography.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, alcohol is a drug and uh, should be used responsibly.
1: And Pe- Penguin haven't been, you know, hammering down the door
0: for me to write it, but no, who knows? Uh, three minutes thirty-five. No uh, one cares, Johnny. <laughs> uh, this takes a little bit of time to slide into the usual melodies of the song. They purposely seem to have been going with something a bit different at the start. So obviously, "Miracle Drug" the original version starts off with those very simple but just instantly iconic notes whereas this has kind of a build up to it and then the main riff sidles in I I just think this was another one that I looked on down the tracklist and thought oh, exciting and by the end I just, I feel it's kind of like a few different versions stuck together I feel like if anything they should have gone with the less is more approach get intimate uh, Bono back get into the whisper in the ear I, I, it's the pace is all over the place it's sometimes up and sometimes down the percussion comes in then it comes out it's
1: it's not how i would have reimagined this song i just
0: yeah i yeah. um
1: it's still really fun to sing to mm. uh, I, I i did it did get me um i, I think it, it is a more middle of the road interpretation of the That's song the problem
0: i say go go super quiet or I don't know. Do, do a craftwork version of this or something.
1: I feel it gains confidence as it goes on.
0: But it, do you know what? It's the percussion dropping in and out for me. Yeah. And that's not a pop at Larry. Because I, I assume um, this is edge programming it in. But... Larry
1: didn't know it was happening, baby. Larry wasn't there.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure he's got other more important things to to focus on and and to you know recover himself with. There's there's genuinely zero criticism of Larry about this whole project, but. But you can't criticise him. If he doesn't want to be involved, he doesn't want to be involved. Done. Well, I, I think he probably was involved on some level, but I d- we don't know. And But also, it, it doesn't really matter because there's more important things, and this is just how it shook out, you know, and again, it's an edge project.
1: Yeah, Larry seems to always be, have been about, like, reinvention and, you know, what's going on, what's the purpose, what are we doing here?
0: I think he would be. he's always a good person to say... Why are we doing this this way? Which is always a—it's a great question to ask. That yeah, which a lot of time people don't ask that of their leaders, really. So yeah,
1: um, yeah, it it felt long at three minutes thirty-five. It felt like it overstayed its welcome a little bit. I just don't—I don't see a version. And but the... well, this is a song that I, again, like
0: it's kind of been left alone. Yeah, I yeah. wanted them to do something. Well, with like, it. like we said, with like walk on and a few other ones that felt like oh, this song—it's a nice old friend kind of song and. Maybe they felt they hadn't got it right, but Miracle Drug on the record, I don't see how it can be reimagined in any way unless it's radically reimagined. That isn't. That is. That's. No, I,
1: to... I see. I see Miracle Drug. It, although it is um, an album track, it's mm. a deep cut. Effectively, I see it as a, a. It's got the same power as. It would have been a single, I reckon, if they yeah. hadn't have had other contenders. Sometimes it's a much better song than All Because of You. Oh God, yeah. But it, it's got. I, I see it in the same light as Vertigo, or sometimes you can't make it on your own. And it was track two,
0: so a yeah. lot of people do know it.
1: Original of the Species as well. It it, hold, it can hold its head up against songs
0: like Original of the Species. That was one that I thought I, I wish was on here, um, but oh well. Or crumbs. I'd love to crumbs from your table. Why not? Why not redo that, Tyler? Why not redo crumbs from your table?
1: Track nine: the little things that give you away at four minutes fifty-two. To be fair, I had forgotten about this song and I was very hot on it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems almost like a song that doesn't quite fit on songs of experience and a song that had more impact before that album came out because it was played on the Joshua Tree Tour and it felt like, mm. okay, we've looked at the past now and now we're looking to the future. This is what we've got to uh, got to come. Yeah. So it in, uh, a little bit of a, a weird one for me. I'm not not sure if it needed it, but it... um This is a great love song, I think. Mm. And it relies heavily, or it retains a lot of the same emotion. And Bono sounds great. Yep. I do wonder if Edge has, over- has overthought the track. And... I kind of want to listen to all the stuff that he's got going on in the background. I, if I, I would love to be able to like press a button and take the vocal off, just so, just so I could listen to it. Not that I wish yeah. the vocal not to be there. I just want to listen to everything that's going on. Yeah. And I think this is one of the songs that Edge is, is. It's not quite where I want it to be. I'm sure he feels about that about most of his songs, but this one, the reason this is here, I feel like that's the reason mm-hmm. he wants to get something right that he feels he didn't the first time around. yeah
0: and there's a, there's definitely a big departure because the original has this incredibly edgy sounding like typical at the edge delay sound on the on the original it has the that's that streets have no name thing coming in that that sort of huge sound here that's replaced with some intricate finger picking which is which looks really really it sounds really good um this is I agree with you this is one of I, for me this is one of the finest mature u2 songs that's been written and this is partly why i i really like the little things that give you away because it shows that they've still got a huge amount of gas left in the tank at the end of their life and they've got important things to i mean another only 60 but they're, they're the end of their career rather they've got important interesting things to sing about and i feel like there's not really any more honest thing that like that let's contrast this with You're the Best Thing About Me, right, okay, a bubblegum pop song which I don't really believe any of apart from the fact that, yeah, Bono likes Ali a lot, whoop-de-doo, hooray, sweetest thing, we've already heard this, right, but take that and compare that to when he's talking about, you know, when he wakes up at four in the morning and he's covered in fear and everything, like, all that rings really true to me, I think Mm. Bono now is thinking, especially with his his brushes with mortalities, like, he's thinking, crap, I am actually going to die at some point soon, Mm -hmm. what am I spending my time on what am I leaving behind? What can I say as an artist? And this is what comes out. But it's the change of perspective about the song that
1: I find interesting. So the, it's the little things that give you away is something that Bono... Sorry, Ali said to Bono about Bono.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of the perspectives for you 2 songs is what Bono sees, thinks and feels about other people. Yeah. So you've got the um, Wake at 4 in the Morning you've got the the ideas of loneliness of existential terror mm. hitting him when he's down that's him and then the chorus is him trying to remember the advice that his wife has given him mm. so it's an interesting like slight turn yeah you're seeing things from bono's perspective while he's remembering a little nugget of information that might just change the way he sees a few things yeah so i like that and that was still able to come across in this version. I don't think this version lost a lot. I think it's gained some things. But I don't think it's been long enough for them to really reimagine it.
0: That's the issue, yeah. that That's the main issue. And it's also, it's a song that begins with Edge sat on the piano, minimal percussion, and only at the end becomes a big song. So it's kind of, sounds like a Songs of Surrender song already. It's a real story.
1: It's I like it. It's, it's a favourite, and I was glad to be reminded of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, in the in the whole pantheon of, of of forty songs, I'd say this is one of the better ones. But essential? No, not right now. Um, not not completely. It's always good to be reminded of it, though, and how um, how I think songs of innocence and songs of experience could have made one really, really incredible single album. But anyway, that's a, that's a story for another day. Here we are, track ten. Yo
1: Adrian, we did it, we did it, we got there, we did all 40 songs.
0: Good grief, have been watching Rocky recently? No. <laughs> um, so well done for getting this far guys, it's yes, 40. This,
1: and they start, you remember what track one was? One. You know what track 40 is?
0: 40. Clever. What, what does that mean? <laughs> all! i've just put it losers but, <laughs> it's so obvious it's got it's yeah it's got a nice little symmetry to it fine i mean anyway the
1: so th- this is <laughs> that's it it's, yeah. it's boring isn't it
0: no it's not boring right so let, let's try and give us a fair crack right so from the distance of 40 years 2023 1983 eh yeah 40 years of this song well done yeah well that's interesting maybe um, there's not. <laughs> there's... It's certainly a fact. It's certainly a fact, and there's no disputing that. <laughs> um, look, there's no other way to end this. I love it when you two finish with forty, and if they don't finish with it, then the crowd. Does. It feels right, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there is. A... It, it would be like having
1: a party without cake.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, a fire without wood. Mm. But there is gas. Um, anyway, like when you a when gin you... without tonic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, your life is is going probably wrong, I think, if you're having this, a glass of gin without any tonic, in it? So there's, when you leave a U2, this is what this reminded me of, maybe this is just a personal memory, but when you leave a U2 gig and everyone, whether they've played it or not, is singing how long to sing this song, it's a real special feeling, which I don't think many bands get. Now, obviously, certain fandoms are going to be just as big, just as dedicated as a U2 fan base, but I, I love 40. I'll never get tired of hearing it. And I will go back to this version. I love the I don't know what instrument it even is, actually. I think it's some sort of like stringed instrument that's being plucked, so maybe like a violin or something that's being plucked, that's sort of spickling and spackling all around the um in the in the in the, in the like stereo of it. It sounds beautiful. It's already a beautifully arranged song, but this is a this is a great arrangement. Um and from the distance of 40 years. He's not going for the huge, big, straining vocals of his youth. He's just going for something a lot calmer. And I think this is great. It's a good version.
1: Yeah, I felt, I, I've talked a lot of uh, about perspectives uh, on this. I'm coming at life from a completely different
0: viewpoint, man. You know, I I, I see things that you don't. I thought you were doing Scottish to begin with, then. I thought you were doing your Billy, Billy Connolly. Oh, no, I wasn't doing that. Why oh, do you think I was doing Billy? Let's have Limmy around. You
1: challenge me when you asked me to do the Billy on this podcast because you know I can't swear. So you you take the main word right out of my vocabulary, you know? Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so anyway, I think that the perspective has changed in this. When Bono sings, sing a new song, it's saying be the difference, be the change that you want to see. Um, don't rely on prayer. Don't rely on, you know, uh, help from Mm. above be that change, be the one and when he was singing it originally I feel like he's going to be the one, that's what I'm going to do it's u two's mission statement going forward we're going to create the world we need to see Mm
2: -hmm.
1: now, looking back on it, it seems regretful like, yeah, the idea might have been right Mm. but maybe the action wasn't always correct so now it's more like a plea to the next generation, get right what we got wrong. Mm. So I I do think there's a perspective change. Though It's the same character, but age has changed what the song means. It's gone from being a statement to a plea to somebody else.
0: Yeah, and this is where Songs of Surrender can work quite well when there is that shift of perspective or an altered context that means, or even a continuity like with Peace on Earth where you think, well, there are still big issues and don't forget it, you know. So it, it does work. Although there is quite a strong irony in the fact that we've just heard 40 songs that are old and he's singing, I will sing a new song. I hope that is a nice full stop now on the backward-looking part of this tenure in U2. Now, it's got to be like, right, Edge, you've got that out your system. Bono, we're not doing old songs now. Pack away all of the... Um, Acton baby and or uh, you can't leave behind um, regressive tour stuff. Can we just focus on the future for a bit? and Even if it's terrible, just do it and have a go. Do you want "Songs of Ascent" to be called "Songs of Ascent"? Songs. I can't hear that title without hearing you know the Adam Scott and um, Scott Archman thing in "Songs of Ascent of a Woman," like the Alpacino thing. Um, do I want it to be called that? Or oh, the I'm, scent
1: of a newborn baby's head.
0: Uh, I'm I'm fed up with songs of. To be honest, I, I don't. Yeah, think, I think I think even William Blake is going to resurrect himself uh, and go. Come I, on, Bono. I
1: think they've played their hand with that now, and it's just like I want this chapter to yeah. to end because if the if it doesn't and Songs of Ascent does come out later this year or next year, mm. that means it's been going on for over a decade. Yeah, that would be the longest period in U 2s career. And
0: like. I don't really know what we gain by saying songs of like it's a nice little thing to tie together songs of innocence and experience but that's it we don't need any more of this we really don't <laughs> I
1: don't want to bring this back to pro wrestling but there's a, a good example here for years and years and years they there were good names for tag teams i.e two pe- you know a, a, a team the Legion of, of Doom. a team of wrestling. yeah that was one of the ones I was going to bring up the, the Legion of doom uh the the, the, na- the the nasty boys the Dudley Boys. demolition yeah. But then it, there seemed to be a point in the mid two thousands where everybody was like Team Angle or Team Three D. It's like, oh, mm. we can't. We're, we're gonna we're gonna say Team and mm. then we're gonna say what we do. Yeah. And it's Team Chokeslam. It just seems a lot lesser. So I, I'd like them to actually come up with a a title for an album. Yeah. Ideally one word, because I'm sick of typing songs of blah-de-blah, songs of this and or that. Or having
0: to um, no. initialise everything. Oh, it's it's irritating me. It's really... Oh, how do you manage? <laughs> Honestly, it's a struggle. Yeah. I just want... I, I, I feel like if this has been used as a really nice full stop, that's what it should be. Um, and What's next? They will sing a new song, I hope. I plead. They've just got to
1: revisit Actung Baby in The Sphere. Later this year.
0: Well, yeah, we don't know how that's going to go, really. Um, Larry apparently won't be with them for that. You guys already know all this stuff, anyway. Yeah, I was I'm...
1: disappointed that Ryan Vinucci Junior didn't get the chance to play with them because I, I feel like that would have meant something to him.
0: Yeah, but maybe maybe it's better to have someone who's who's lesser known in their own right. You know, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, right. So, I mean, what have we learned, Tyler? After after. Oh, wait. Well, well, slow slow your horses. Oh, a Dirty Day, Dirty Day, and Sweetest Thing. I wonder if we'll agree... We've been doing a lot of snaps together recently with this. We have, yeah. And while Tyler's pondering, can I say thank you to everyone who got in touch with all of their, um, their input? Uh, Tyler put out that tweet looking for research, and it's been great, basically, how many people have responded to that. And just to get a, an idea of the sheer diversity of opinion there is on this album. Yeah. So cheers there for There getting...
1: are no right answers. This is just an honest reflection of how we feel. So... Thank you to listening to it. We're more than happy to listen to what you guys have to say. If you want to make a case for a song that we we might have trashed a little bit, sorry if you don't agree with us, but, you know, you 2 is a community of people with differing ideas, uh, but I think we all want the same thing for the band, for them to be successful. And when they decide to ride out into the, sun, uh, into the sunset, that they do it in the biggest, most impressive way possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So what was your sweetest thing then from the Bono disc?
1: Two hearts beat as one.
0: Well, two minds are beating as one here, Tyler, because that was mine as well. And what was your dirty day? I will follow. It wasn't particularly bad. It's just not what I want to hear from that song. Uh, mine was miracle drug. I just, just never, it's never get, never got going for yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I think there was a lot of promise for miracle drug, uh, miracle, miracle drugs. <laughs> There's a girl I knew in college.
2: Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. There's a lot of
1: promise for miracle drug, and yeah. um, I don't think they delivered on what we expected.
0: No, not the not the best perform uh, the best performance they could have given. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for coming on this little mini journey with us into the 40 songs of um, songs of surrender. You're probably feeling like surrendering right now. And meantime, we're going to sign off.
1: Thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll see you very very soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Review 2, the U2 podcast. If you'd like to get in contact or for more information, please follow us on Twitter at REV underscore U2 or on Facebook.com forward slash REV U2 to you. For those rebel type guys, why not email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Review 2 was presented
2: by Johnny and Tyler.